So I was coming into companies and helping them reorganize or coming in to replace a CTO who'd left temporarily. Basically, what I found was that a lot of the the major issues that these companies were having and their teams were having were because their CTO didn't have the right support that they needed. So a lot of them would have been first-time leaders. They wouldn't have had any formal training. I kind of found a niche for helping CTOs who are burning out because I, I burnt out in my first CTO role. Obviously quite a traumatic experience. So I had a bit of personal experience to bring to that. I'm Andy Skipper. I'm the, the founder and chief coach at CTO Crop. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Took six months moonlighting. There's nothing at the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what Just to took do took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of her team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried to begin. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, and today, how Andy Skipper built the community to help your leaders become great technology managers and CTOs. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Terso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Andy Skipper currently resides in Belfast, Ireland, though he's from London originally. He's been knee-deep in tech since he was 12 years old as a hobby programmer. He left college early to start his first software development agency prior to joining the startup world during the dot-com era. And outside of tech, he is a bedroom guitarist, an amateur photographer, and a dad, which means he plays a lot of Minecraft and Roblox. In the past, Andy was a consulting CTO, going into companies to coach leaders or temporarily fill in for leaders who had just left. What he realized was that these leaders would be doing just fine if they had mentorship and or coaching available from seasoned veterans. So Andy branched off and started doing just that. This is the creation story of CTO Craft. It's really a, a mentoring community and events company for CTOs. Within CTOs, we also include VPs of engineering and heads of development, everything down to the director level. So it's it's for anyone in a senior leadership position, basically, for, for technology. 
and where we help people is firstly through the community. So we've got a, a group of about nine and a half thousand people around the world who are members of a Slack group and a newsletter and uh, come to our events and that kind of thing. Um, but we also do one-to-one coaching. So we've got a group of coaches who are also CTOs that we match people up with. And we also run something called Circles, uh, a mastermind group, essentially. People join one group and they're in the same group of 10 to 12 people throughout a year and they have monthly catch-ups. And then other than that, we do uh, conferences. We've run all our conferences to date online, mainly because of the pandemic, but we have our our first in-person one coming up in May, which is uh, a big shift. And we're expecting 300 or so people at that. And then in the future, we've got more media-like stuff coming, uh, which I can't say too much about at the moment, but it's, uh, it's all looking very exciting. The idea essentially came from work I was doing for a long time as a consulting CTO. So I was coming into companies and helping them reorganize or coming in to replace a CTO who'd left temporarily. Basically, what I found was that a lot of the the major issues that these companies were having and their teams were having were because their CTA didn't have the right support that they needed. So a lot of them would have been first-time leaders, they wouldn't have had any formal training, and a lot of these companies were very early-stage companies, so they didn't get the kind of support they would usually get from a line manager or a, uh, or a coach or anything like that. And so I, I branched off from coming in to do the role to coming in to coaching people in the role. During that process, I kind of found a niche for helping CTOs who are burning out because I, I burnt out in my first CTO role, obviously quite a traumatic experience. So I had a bit of personal experience to bring to that. But CTO Craft originally was a, a platform for the coaching that I was doing and a, a few other fractionable CTOs were doing in London. Um, and it's just grown from there, basically. Tell me about what you would consider the MVP. So that first version, maybe it's, you know, when you started doing some of that consulting and you started to kind of craft a bit of a a process or a framework that you worked with. But tell me about what would be your MVP for CTO Craft. How long did it take you to build and, you know, what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? It started with a a Slack group, which is still there today. That's the the, the nucleus of everything we do, essentially. But it also included some very early forms of the the mentoring circles that we run today. Back then, it was quite a different format. They were all in person, whereas today's ones are all Zoom-based. But really, the MVP was the, the Slack group some one-to-one coaching and some of these mentoring groups and, and very very easy to spin up had lots of interest from day one so no no real marketing or growth planning needed but the the mvp worked and we iterated on it and it's um it's still there today let's stay on the mvp the, the overnight the groups the community in starting that or in really in, in building or creating any sort of you know, MVP, quote unquote, you have to make certain decisions and trade-offs, right? About how how you start, what you start with. Tell me about some of those decisions and trade-offs you had to make in building that first community and how you coped with those decisions. 
really there wasn't much of that at all, to be completely blunt. The hypothesis we had, we kind of knew would work because we already had interest in joining in creating a community and having people from from London as it was back then join it and in terms of the the coaching and the mentoring groups we already had people who are interested in joining those so as I say we didn't we didn't have to cut any corners to get to the point of running these things and it was very low cost and it was quite simple there are only a few different things you could do through CTA craft essentially it was very very straightforward it, it worked because we already knew there was demand This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. So from that point, how did you progress CTO craft and mature it? And, you know, in, in building a product, and, and it could super apply here, how did you, you know, build your roadmap? How did you go about deciding, okay, now the community's here, what is the next most important thing to do with CTO craft? Well, I probably approached this the wrong way, but essentially I, I let the river kind of guide itself. So essentially the, the community, while not being completely self-sufficient and self-sustaining and so on, it does drive most of the decisions about what we do. So it was a case of continuing to listen to people who are in the community and try things that they wanted to try. In terms of the growth of the community, it was it was pretty organic. So we've never we've never done any paid marketing. We've never had any kind of growth plan beyond word of mouth. That worked really well for the first uh, first kind of four years or so. And the things that we iterated on again were just through feedback from the people who are in the mentoring groups, for example. Um, lots of people crying out for a conference. So we ran a conference. They were saying, hey, you, you've, 
got a, a lot of great experience within the community. You've got a lot of good contacts, got a lot of goodwill with people who have spoken elsewhere. Why don't we run a conference, essentially? So I guess the first conference that we ran, which was at the end of 2020, was the first one that any of the, the people in the team had ever run. And when I say the people in the team, there were two people in the team at that point. It was myself and, and, and a freelancer. We did try and run it very, very lean, if that makes sense. So we tried to make sure that all the, the operational stuff was as simple as possible. But it was a great success. We, you know, we sold hundreds and hundreds of tickets. Um, all the, the speakers were happy, but we were pretty burnt out afterwards. So we knew that in order to do it sustainably twice a year, which is the target we'd set ourselves, um, we did need some more people. So we added some more team members and we added some more freelancers. And, and gradually we learned a bit more about speaker management and sponsorships and platforms and so on and so forth. Um, and now we're throwing all that learned knowledge out of the window and starting again with in-person conferences, which is completely different. But, um, but that's another story. Well, okay, you mentioned team. You mentioned bringing on people to help you. How did you go about building that team? And what do you look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? So the first people that we brought on board were people that we knew had experience of the industry, that none of them have been CTOs in the past or in any kind of engineering role at all. Um, but we wanted people who at least knew the kind of topics that were being discussed, the kind of companies we wanted to work with as sponsors, that kind of thing. The team, as I say, for the first four and a half years of our existence was me, plus a couple of freelancers that rotated. Um, but now it's nine people on a full-time basis, one of whom joined us fairly recently as a head of conference, which is helping with that transition from online to in-person. But yeah, essentially we, we filled the gaps as they came up. So we now have people for several different functions, advocates within the community as well, a creative committee of people who we trust and have a, a good standing in the, the CTO world, um, and are also very good at um, spotting good content, good topics, good speakers, that kind of thing. That's, that's really how it's grown, fairly organically, piece by piece, as we've needed people. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite in a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. 
the team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to terso.tech slash codestory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This will be interesting, given you're, you're building a community, a set of coaches and a, a conferences. I'm curious where scalability comes into play here for this type of creation, for this type of organization. It's not necessarily technology that could be the pinch point, but it could be people or approaches. Tell me about how you are approaching scaling CTO craft. Yeah, so it's certainly not a... a- technology pinch. CTA Craft is, is actually very tech light. We use a bunch of external apps like Slack and Zapier and MailChimp and that kind of thing. So we've never had any scalability problems on that side. Really where the scalability questions come in is with people. You know, we're, we're trying to do a, a lot of stuff, a lot of new stuff that we've never done before. So it's, it's been a case of prioritizing and triaging. We're also completely self-funded. We've never taken any investments of any kind. So it's really just been a case of working out what we can manage as a team and dealing with that. Okay, Andy, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? Certainly the community itself. So, you know, the, the Slack group is an incredibly positive place to be. You know, I think that's that's what a lot of new CTOs lack. Firstly, having a, a network of people that they can be open with and will understand the kind of challenges they have, but also just somewhere to, to validate the stuff that they're doing. It's quite common for especially first-time CTOs to get quite isolated because you're essentially at the, the the corner of the business and the technology at all times. And if you get too drawn into the technology, you miss quite a lot in terms of what the, the commercial side of the organization needs. And if you get too far away from the technology, you, you lose a lot about quality and priorities and that sort of stuff. So it is quite an isolating role in a way. And I think having just a supremely generous and uh, welcoming and uh, and kind bunch of people you know that the slack community is just over 5,000 people and there's there's nobody in there that I'd say is not ultimately generous and, and kind with their knowledge and their time and their support for other people and I'm massively proud of the fact that people see it as a, a nice place to be whether they're looking for specific support or not Andy let's flip the script a little bit Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. The biggest mistake was leaving it too long to build out the team. So going back to that question of scalability and it just being a, you know, not enough hours in the day to do everything. I think I probably left it a little too long to expand the team or to, or to build a team. But that has resolved itself. There wasn't a team to, to respond to that at the time, implicitly. I did exhaust myself um, when CTO Craft started, I was actually doing it alongside some of the fractional CTO work that I was doing. It did, you know, took on a life of its own organically, as I said, and it did affect my energy levels, it affected my health as well. So I did, you know, I had some chronic health problems, which did slowly start to dissipate when I, um, when I started building a team. And as I say, it's, it's resolved itself now that I've got great people alongside me and a, a great COO, very importantly. So what does the future look like for CTO crap that 
all of it, the community, the coaching business, what does it look like for you and for your team? So more growth, more growth into the real world. <laughs> so we, we have been pretty much completely virtual, you know, since just before the pandemic. Our first in-person conference, we're, we're spreading out beyond that. There's quite a lot going on that I can't talk about right now, but which is very exciting um, and which puts us very firmly into the category of media and publishing company for CTOs and not just a community. But as I say, I can't say a huge amount about that, but it's very exciting. Well, Andy, who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. I'd say that I, I don't try to emulate the, the typical VC-backed entrepreneur, startup scene kind of people. I like to run things very lean. Uh, I like to prioritize heavily. And I'll, I'll continue to do that even though the, the team's grown and the, the range of things that we do continues to grow as well. In terms of actual influences, so one, one of our LEDs actually is a chap called Andy Hassoon, uh, and he has been breathtaking mentor to me and has added a lot of realism and kind of input on how I work and how I delegate and that kind of thing. So I, I definitely class him as one of my influences. Outside of that, because what we do isn't a tech startup per se, there's no one that I really take a, a cue from. You know, there are products and apps and services that I'm a big fan of. I've never been a, a massive fan of how they've been built or how they've been run. I'm not dogmatic and I don't stick to one approach in terms of running teams or building products. And it has all come organically. So I guess part of it is relying on my own intuition and my own experience. We talked about a mistake, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? doesn't have to be a mistake. It could have gone really well, but maybe you'd tweak it a little bit. I think I'd probably have spent a little bit longer looking for a co-founder. Being a solo founder works really well. You know, I've worked for a lot of companies that have had solo founders. I think in my case, because I, I struggled with energy levels and chronic health problems, it did mean that we didn't grow as quickly as we could have. I'm actually pretty happy with how we have grown, but it could have been faster if there was somebody else I could have relied on for support in that. So I think that's that's probably the only thing I would do differently. Okay, Andy, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off the world. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? So certainly pay attention to energy levels. You know, it's very easy to completely immerse yourself in what you're building. It's your baby. Um, and I think the rate of burnout in, in the startup world is very, very large. It's easy to neglect your own well-being, having the idea that you have to be all things to all people and be constantly on the ball and not delegating stuff. So I'd say that that's the biggest thing. Your your well-being, it's not just important, but it's also fairly crucial to the success of the business. I would absolutely start with that. That's fantastic advice. Well, Andy, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of CTO Craft. No problem. Great to be here. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. 
Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.